We're with Dr. Rajban discussing medical articles that have recently come up. All right. Uh, our first article is about fasting since we're already um, about to approach the fasting month uh, shortly, which is it's tomorrow, right? Friday. It's tomorrow. It's Friday, yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, with it being Ramadan and all, what do you think are the benefits of fasting, especially having a scheduled fast? Yeah, I think I think fasting has been there from you know time immemorial from uh, ancient time. People have been doing fasting, whether it's uh, through uh, you know whether it's religious or just just for the sake of uh, helping to recover from you know like you know helps in detox, for example, it's something that we always talk about detox is fasting. You know, so many different type of fast. But interestingly, there's a new thing that in uh, we have discovered now. In fact, someone got a Nobel Prize for this concept of autophagy which is your body eating your own cells. And what happens is our cells die, but they don't get lost. They just stay there, they're dead cells. And this causes a lot of inflammation in the body. And they say that's one of the theories of aging. So the Japanese uh, researcher, doctor, discovered uh, this autophagy concept where our body will eat its own cells. And he got a Nobel Prize for that. And what it does basically is that things to cause autophagy is what we call fasting. So that's where we find that actually the benefits of fasting, not just detox now, it also gets rid of all the dead cells in our body, keep the younger, healthier cells, and they find that autophagy actually can actually sort of expand or uh, increase our lifespan, reduce uh, risk of getting cancers and other diseases. And I think this is what we actually now know that that is what uh, the role of fasting is. You know, it uh, helps to take away your toxins, helps you to detox and helps get rid of all your dead cells so that you actually uh, stay healthier, stay younger, live longer. So I think that's the importance of fasting. Now, just a few things about fasting in the sense that when you do fasting, there are many types, you know, whether water fast, juice fast, intermittent fasting, whether some people do longer, two-day, three-day fast. But what I find that a lot of people they do fasting, especially intermittent fasting, if they do that great, they fast for 16 hours, but that eight hours that they eat, they eat too much. You know, and I think that's where the whole uh, focus of fasting gets lost. You know, I know patients of mine who say, oh, I can't lose weight with intermittent fasting. Then you find out what do you do the eight hours, they go on the binge. Every <laughs> hour they're eating something. Because they have to replace all the lost nutrients. <laughs> yeah, which is, I think, where, where the whole thing goes wrong because, you know, whatever you have, you know, sort of killed your cells or whatever and got rid of those cells and you lost some weight, but you're going to make it up with all the extra calories you're eating. So in the eight hours you're eating, make sure you eat healthy and don't overeat. Can we? Can we? Can you repeat yourself again? Just then, the how do we get all these dead cells accumulated in our body? Yeah, because as we our cells age, there's a certain lifespan, then they will die off. But what we didn't realize was the cells actually don't just disappear; they're dead and they stay there. Okay. But now they release a lot of inflammatory cytokines that cause inflammation of the surrounding cells. And those cells start getting injured and those cells start getting die or those cells become cancerous. Ah. Right? Uh, so what you have to do is get rid of those cells. Uh, so one of the ways is autophagy. And one of the ways is to fast so that your body fast. will eat those cells. Yeah, because you've got no other source of uh, food. So it's starts to feed own dead cells. That sounds fascinating yet scary at the same time. It's like parasitic inside your body. <laughs> yeah, Parasites inside your body. body. Yeah, it's, but that's how I think the body recovers and heals itself. Okay. Now, doctor, what do we need to be mindful of 
while fasting, especially for our Muslim brothers and sisters during this yeah, fasting month. I mean, again, month. important after fast, hydrate yourself, you know, because you were fasting for almost 12 hours, hydrate yourself. Second, uh, like I said earlier, don't overeat. You know, don't eat with all the wrong food, junk food, all the refined carbs. Make sure you eat healthy. And uh, that way, you have the, all the benefits of fasting. Okay. Actually, Doc, if you don't mind me asking, there are many different kinds of fasting that people do. Uh, some fast for one full day, and they drink, but they drink water, so they don't consume food. Some do the, like I've done this world vision thing before, where they don't eat anything, they don't drink anything for three days straight, which is uh, tough. But I think they also drink. Uh, the Muslim way of fasting is there's no water involved. How is that? Is that uh, healthy? I mean, it's okay because you're just talking of maybe a 12 or 14 hour. So you, you can actually uh, get away. But three days fasting, you should you need water. You cannot do a three day fasting. You, you can get away not eating food for even longer periods. Right. But you cannot uh, get away from drinking water for more than you know, 20, 40 hours. You are going to get into problems. So most of the three day fasts are water fast. That means they take right. water, but they don't eat anything. So 12 hours without water, you don't get dehydrated. Yeah, you shouldn't unless you're out there working in the sun or what. Mm -hmm. But if you're sitting indoors, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. Right. Okay, but should they drink lots and lots of water when they break fast or stagger it out? I think stagger it out and you still make sure you get your 1.5 to 2 liters a day if you can. So you get you cover up that during the, the 12 hours that you can drink. Um, this one's quite interesting. It's about Parkinson's, uh, a potential Parkinson's treatment. And it comes in the form of a Chinese herbal medicine. Um, what do you think, doctor? Would TCM be a good alternative for Parkinson's? Or is it best to just stick to conventional medicine for treatment? I mean, I think there's a lot of research now going into TCM. And you must realize a lot of the Western medicine also actually do come from plants. No, and that's, that's how I discover some of them from plants and they become so-called Western medicine. But I think TCM is now getting more and more well-known and more and more research is going into, you know, you see, because it's a complementary medicine now. So like this one is called Jinchen and uh, it works on the dopamine. It's what happened in Parkinson is your uh, area in the brain called Substantia nigra. Uh, somehow it's not working. It produces dopamine because it's Parkinson. So... The medicine that we have actually increased dopamine in the blood, uh, but but these herbs do also the same. They got I think eighteen different compounds in this uh, this uh, Chinese medica medi herb, and that somehow stimulates your dopamine. It works on certain receptors in the in the brain, so it works exactly like the same allopathic Western medicine. Uh, it's not a cure. It is also increasing the dopamine. Uh, now. Whether you want to use alternative uh, TCM or whether you want to use Western medication, I think uh, in Parkinson it's okay as long as they work together. Probably you can use combination of both. That means Western medicine. Now Western medicine over time loses effect; they get side effects and you get issues. So maybe TCM uh, using this can be like a complementary to the Western medicine. So using both together to help the patient even feel better. Mm. But is there a cure for Parkinson's at this moment? Right now, there's no cure. There's a, there is a, but they do electrical stimulation. They put electrode in the brain. And uh, that's the nearest they have come to improving the Parkinson patients. But right now, there's still no cure. Like Alzheimer's, there are medication to slow down to help improve the, the patient's mobility. But there's no cure yet. They're looking at stem cells in the future. A lot of research going on in stem cells. But we have to wait and see. 
okay, next one is interesting. Soy-based foods may promote heart health. That's the headline of this research. Uh, but reading through the research has been actually contradicting results. You know, some studies have said that there are health benefits of soy-based food. Uh, and then other studies say that there's no, not much of a health benefit when it comes to soy-based food. So in your opinion, uh, can taking soy-based foods uh, ha- have a good effect for your heart? I mean, if you look at the soy, soy is a protein protein base, but it doesn't have saturated fats. You know, the other protein sources are red meat. So it's a good uh, alternative to red meat if you want protein source. Uh, but also there's uh, things about one soy is, you know, there's a lot of genetically modified soy in the market. So people got worried about that. Secondly, it is a... Genetically food. modified soy? Yeah, GMO. They call it GMO foods. Yeah. yeah so soy has a lot of GMO food, uh, soy out there. Okay. So, so people were mutant soy, that. Bell. <laughs> mutant soy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they call it mutant soy, <laughs> and uh, it's a phytoestrogen. So men must be careful, you know, because it does have some estrogen-like effect. So men cannot take too much. Um, now, whether soy is a heart benefit, again, they say that the Japanese do take soy, and you know, the incidence of heart disease is less. But it's more again the fermented part of it, the miso, the tempeh, all that actually very healthy. But soy per se. I think it is definitely a healthy food, but again, in moderation. You shouldn't mm. take too much of soy because then uh, you might have an issue. Go back to that bit where you said men shouldn't take too much of this <laughs> mutated soy. What happens if we do take too much of this uh, with what phytoestrogens? Yeah, because it's like estrogen effect. So you get more of like the female hormones coming in. So you become more feminine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, they yeah. grow breasts and and no, their I mean, voice it won't change. go that bad. Like it's just the side the effect of the, you know the phytoestrogen. So they won't go unless I think you're consuming a huge amounts of phytoestrogens, right? But it's got that slight of that uh, that estrogen effect. So maybe men should, can take his healthy food, but again, not too much. Okay, but is does this only apply to the GMO soy, like the mutant soy? No, or? All, all soy. All soy has phytoestrogen. Yeah. It's a phytoestrogen. But again, okay. if you take normal quantities, it will not do any harm unless you're taking really high, so, you know, intake of soy, which uh, is not any food. I think you must balance it. Don't take anything in excess, whatever. Even, even if it's a super food, it's a healthy food, I will still take it in moderation. Okay. Everything should be well balanced. So if I take yong tau fu for lunch and then I have like tau fu fa for tea and then after that, I have <laughs> another soy-based thing for dinner, I'm going to be a woman. Uh, if you carry on that for every day for months and months, <laughs> you probably will have <laughs> yeah, you become a bit more feminine. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let's go on to the next one. Um, it's all about fainting spells or blackouts, oh. you know. We've all had them once in a while, but should we be worried, doctor, if it occurs frequently? I think any sort of a blackout syncope, uh, is something you have to really call, uh, ask yourself what happened. You know, as, especially older people when they have falls, secondary to syncope, you always ask. Uh, first, when someone has a fall, we ask them, did you fall because you tripped and fell because you lost balance? Or did you just had a blackout? Mm. Now, if you have the blackout, within a year, for this I'm talking about older people, uh, within a year, 50% will die from the underlying cause of the syncope. Right? Oh. Most people who get... Uh, 
syncope, especially they're older. Uh, mm. Younger people can get syncope with standing in the hot sun for too long, you get a vesuvical attack. Can. But most people when they're older, I'm talking older means 50 and above, 60 and above, they either had a heart issue or a brain. So either they had an arrhythmia or the blood pressure drop or they had a small stroke that was not picked up. So any patient who comes in with a syncope or blackout, we normally investigate first. We don't pass it off as something benign because we don't know whether it was an underlying cause. So we do a check the heart, we do a scan in the brain, make sure they didn't have a stroke, make sure there's no other lesion that caused this syncope. Uh, but before we do that, uh, uh, a history is very important. Let's ask exactly what happened. You know, someone did have breakfast, didn't have lunch, very busy, tired, got right. a bit low sugar, had a fainting spell, fair enough. Someone who is standing too long in a for whatever reason, for their work or what, and then you know, the blood pressure came down. So you must actually find out what was the reason for the syncope. But if there's no reason, there's no underlying cause, and they suddenly fainted, and if it happens more than once, then you have to investigate and see what is the cause. When you say more than once, is it like an everyday occurrence or more than once in a day? Is that so when, once, when does once, it get dangerous? Let's say you get twice in a year also is something that you have to find out. Oh, really? Okay. So there are many causes. Someone, did he have epilepsy? Did he have a stroke? Did he have arrhythmia in the heart? Did the blood pressure drop? So there are many causes. So if you look at our textbook causes of syncope, there's a whole list of them. So doctors have to investigate. Were you anemic? You know? So there are many things that we can look at uh, to see or to Find out what caused the syncope, what caused the fainting spell. How about if you don't faint completely? Like sometimes I'll be like, I'll be squat, I'll be playing with my kids, you know, on the floor. And then when I get up, I suddenly just black out. But you don't yeah. really faint. You just suddenly feel yeah, like... Yeah, but you, got, you know exactly what happened. You know, you're squatting down, blood supply in the legs and then you get up too suddenly, not enough. The body can't coordinate enough to increase the blood supply to the brain. So you can get a bit dizzy a bit of a syncope, but it didn't faint. So that's normally, and you know what happened, you know what the cause of it. But let's say you're sitting now suddenly and you just lose consciousness. Mm. That's very sinister. So we have mm. to find out why suddenly someone is standing or sitting and just lose consciousness. So we have to investigate why that happens. Or squatting down, or like I said, someone standing too long you know, in the hot sun. So all this, you know the underlying cause. Okay. But it's not something that it's gradually let's say it starts with someone like like bell standing up and then she starts to feel faint that and it starts to get even worse progressively where she completely passes out for a, a good few minutes is there some danger there already yeah that is already a, a warning sign a danger sign so it has to get investigated okay so, is your blood pressure too high was it too low something else going on and then you have to find out whether there are others signs or you know, symptoms like neurological, did you have a excellent speech, do you have loss of vision, so all these things have to be looked at to, then the right in, uh, test must be done to find out what was the cause. Actually, doctor, why do people faint? Like, what happens when a person faints? Yeah, so it is not enough blood supply going to the brain, uh, so whether your blood pressure drop or whether the heart had arrhythmia, so it's not sending enough blood to the brain, or you had a stroke that caused loss of uh, or in some uh, you know variant your electrical activity in the brain so any of these things can cause you to suddenly lose consciousness you know, so it's say, oh, basically it's like not enough blood to the brain that's it yeah. and then you faint. some people have vasovagal that means uh, if uh, you know someone uh, disturbs your carotid artery you can get a vasovagal uh, attack so all these things uh, that that cause not enough blood or something that happens in the brain that causes, you know, someone with the underlying epilepsy, he doesn't know he got epilepsy. So that's electrical activity. 
So whether you're not enough blood supply to the brain for whatever reason, or there's a electrical uh, activity in the brain that causes you to suddenly lose consciousness and fall. Mm. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but it's something that you have to be checked. It cannot be just left out as something normal. Okay, and this is if you faint, like you lose consciousness even for a minute, uh, and minute. if it happens more than once, even a month, you have to go get it checked. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get to our final article, doctor. Uh, this one is all about nutrition and saying why nutrition is so hard to study. So we've heard so many different um, differing opinions. Is dairy good? Is it bad? Is cholesterol evil? Does eating red meat kill? You know, is, is a ketogenic diet good you know, or a health hazard? Can the vegan or the vegetarian or the pescatarian or raw food diet actually extend a disease-free life? So like so many differing opinions, so many different diets and nutrition advice out there. What is the most important thing to you, doctor, uh, to remember when it comes to nutrition? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, you know, because I've been on the journey for wellness for now so many years. Uh, and and I read a lot about wellness, you know, any book that I see, you know, how to stay healthy, this diet, that diet, you know, recently reading a book about secrets of people who never get sick. So mm. you read up and the more I read, sometimes I get, the more confused I get, you know, elements are good for you, elements are bad for you, soy good for you, soy <laughs> yeah. bad for you, you know. Uh, so, but what I, what I found was that, you know, looking at the blue zones, five blue zones in the world, in the Okinawans, the Sardinians, the Nicoya, the Adventists, all these, uh, uh, people who are in the blue zones and you know, they, they have shown, you know, these are not talking of few people, you're talking of millions of people like the whole Okinawan island or the whole Sardinia. And what what are they doing? Why do they live 100 and beyond? Why don't they don't get all this disease that other people are getting from cancers to strokes or heart attacks to dementias? And look at their lifestyle. It's, it's, it's an overall lifestyle. They have a purpose, they are very social, they look after their family, and they have a very plant-based diet. They're not vegetarians, they're not vegans, you know, they don't do intermittent fasting and all those mm. things, but they have a very plant-based diet. They eat a lot of fruits, they eat a lot of vegetables, they eat a lot of seeds, they eat a lot of uh, nuts. You know, they, they have some, you know, the Okinawa take fish, even some pork once or twice a week. The Sardinians do eat uh, poultry, you know. Uh, only the only ones that are fully vegans are the Adventists in America because of the religion. But the rest of them are not fully vegan, but they're 80% plant-based. You know, they don't take junk food. They don't have refined carbohydrates in their food. No uh, processed foods, right? No mm. processed food, no saturated fats. So, and I think that that's a very, this thing, very balanced diet, very natural, uh, health-conscious diet. I think that that's what you have to do. And so when you do intermittent fasting, I think there's definitely no harm. Mm. Uh, whether you have to go vegan, also apart from B12 and a bit of protein that you might have a deficiency, you must be careful. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is the concept of eating natural food, eating you know, well-balanced food. Because I know a lot of people who call themselves vegetarians but eat a lot of carbohydrates. Mm. Right? So they hardly eat vegetables, you know, but they call themselves vegetarians. So again, I think people don't understand the concept. Uh, a lot of time people do certain things over a short period. They decide to go on intermittent fasting after three months, they get tired, they give up, and then they're back to their normal self. So whatever you decide to do, you know, I think go back to what the blue zones read up or what they do and do that for the rest of your life. 
you know, something you're going to do today, tomorrow, and just for the next three months, and then you're back to your normal self. <laughs> you decide that this is what I want to do. And you're going to do it for the rest of your life. And that's, that's important, right? So I think I agree with you. There's a lot of confusion, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, going plant-based, uh, very natural foods, uh, I think that, that's the way to go. So it's better to be vegan than to have meat in your diet yeah. or too much so, meat in your diet. Uh, I, I would actually take away red meat if possible. You know, but maybe you want to take it like, you know, in Okinawa, they do have poultry. They take once a week. Mm. Now, if you look at your uh, daily, if you have three meals a day and you're having 21 meals in a week, once one of the 21 is a poultry. That means one out of 20, you know. So mm. that they have, they're not vegetarians, but they have very little. Many other times they are going to have a lot of vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds and soy and all those healthier food that they're going to do. So I think okay. that, that's where you have to look at overall. Uh, you, if you're a vegetarian, great, but make sure you eat vegetables, fruits and not nuts. Carbs. And seeds. <laughs> not carbs. Not roti chana and mee goreng, vegetarian. That doesn't count. <laughs> then again, there are all these people who constantly, I always wonder, like, like we're told to eat vegetables from the time when we were very young and to try to put that into our system. And then we know and and we know some people who don't eat veg at all and then we're gonna always gonna say, Oh, eventually it's gonna come, catch up to you and then they live to like ninety years old and then <laughs> nothing happens to them. You know? Yeah, so I, I always wonder it is a minority. If you really look at it, you know like people say, Well I, I know the guy who smokes for so many years and eat up to the age of ninety. Yeah. But that is one of the hundred, two out of the hundred 88 people. See, right now we got an epidemic that's going on, a pandemic, you know. Mm. And every time I see it, the director general of health said, so and so passed away, he had diabetes and hypertension. So and so yeah. passed away, he had diabetes and hypertension. You know, it just shows, you know, and why do you get diabetes and hypertension? It's your diet and exercise, metabolic syndrome. You know, you know this causes decreased immunity and a virus can come and cause problems for you. So from this, I think it's a good lesson. That we shouldn't get diabetes, shouldn't get hypertension, shouldn't get kidney disease, avoid cancer. Because you have this, you're already going to lose the battle against the virus. You know? So and how do you do that? Go on a plant-based diet, do some exercise, and you're on the right track. Or at least that one, stop taking processed foods. Yeah, I think that, that's a good thing. Again, if you want to, people who want to take, do it once a week. They call it the cheat days. Mm. You know? yeah. Because you can look forward to the cheat day, but the rest of the other six days, you are healthy. Yeah. yeah. Most people do the opposite. They have a healthy day. And the uh, rest yeah. of the yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> the cheat days is having the vegan food. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Rajban. Okay. Thank you. Always a pleasure to have you on Maybe with uh, us. Yeah. Okay, then. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.